0: Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox.
1: Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Secret podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root, from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site, about your Arizona Cardinals in episode 483, uh, with my co-host, Seth Cox, from Birds.com, SB Nation's Arizona Cardinals site, and one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. There is no there is no way to sugarcoat this game, is there, Seth? 27 to nothing, 58 yards total total offense. My Goodness. Sorry if we're sorry if you if you bet any money on that game. Any props. That was that was atrocious. Hey, Even the uh, line um, the line went to 13. I'm like, dude, the Cardinals are totally covering. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: No, and I mean if you did get to uh revenge of the birds before the game, I would have helped you because I got Clayton Toon over and over his rushing yards and uh Clayton Tune under his passing yards <laughs> or a, under his passing touchdowns. So,
1: well, and, and I I I said, "Hey, Tune over to like I thought he would get to over 200 yards passing because what I think was going to happen uh garbage time. But they were just uh, they were they were useless. I, I think really it, to think it's bad, to think as bad as we thought it was with Josh Dobbs, I think we saw and and maybe it was amplified by the fact that Cleveland's defense is the number one defense in, in yards allowed in the NFL. But everyone clamoring for, for Clayton Toon after what we've seen from Josh Dobbs, now I think we see why. Now I think we see why, is that Dobbs, even though he has limitations is able to do and know how to make plays more than Toon was, at least at this point. And I will say, the, the game plan, not good. Or it was just, they were just so poor at executing it that the get the ball out quick was, was useless.
0: It was, and they just couldn't do anything Um, that allowed them to really you know make plays and and there was just no flow to the game there was no i mean there's not a lot of things you can talk about when you're talking about 58 yards of offense (laughs) and and three three turnovers it's just it's genuinely awful
1: yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about. So let's let's talk about Clayton Toon. And, and, and I'll, let, honestly, let's talk a little bit about Josh Dobbs as well. As he became a hero immediately. Let, let's actually lead with that. Josh Dobbs, the hero in Minnesota. You know, it's easy to see why NFL teams and coaches like Josh Dobbs. Right, I think especially he says literally every right thing. He impresses coaches. He's so bright. He's incredibly good as a teammate. And to see what he did in Minnesota, in relief of Jaron Hall, rookie Jaron Hall who suffered a concussion, to lead that team to victory. If you didn't miss, if you missed it, uh, Jaron Hall gets gets hit and he has a concussion. Josh Dobbs been with the team for three practices. Did not take a single like first-team rep in practice, doesn't know everybody, anybody's name, does not know the offense. Uh, he comes in, and, well, he gets sacked for a safety, but then throws two touchdown passes, has a Kyler Murray-esque, you know, two-point conversion long play, and rushes for a touchdown and leads the Vikings to a 31-28 win over the Falcons, whom the Cardinals play this week. And the goodness, the reception, the, the reception he received going into the locker room after the day, it is easy to see why football players and coaches, it's, it's really easy to see why he continues to be employed in the NFL, even though up until this year, he'd literally done nothing
0: yeah and it's cool to see I mean we we like Dobbs we never had a problem with him we just said he is what he is he's a backup he's not a starter in this league and you know the the reality is with that we can we can see what he can do but overall I mean this was a otherworldly performance from him and, and and you have to be excited for a guy you know and and it still makes sense for the Cardinals to move on from him with what they were going to do with Kyler this week and everything. So, you know, I don't think there was anything against that. You were able to pick up an extra pick, right? Like, uh, and you're-
1: now it looks like, because, like, I don't think there's, like, you can't. I, I, aside from Jaron Hall, he's in concussion protocol right now. Even if he's healthy, you can't go back to Jaron Hall yet. Yet. After a job, you have to have him start right yeah. <laughs> and so we can be on Josh Dobbs watch because whether it's four starts or five starts he like um, since they're they have eight games left. Um, I, I don't know what the terms are exactly, but, but Gambo John Gamadora said that if he starts half the games are left there were nine games left. So I don't know if that means if he starts four or if he starts five games the rest of the season. The Cardinals get their seventh round pick back Not that I want the Cardinals to have an extra seventh round pick, but it would be great for value to get that pick back to then put it in a deal to get something else. It, if, if I'm if I'm choosing things, it just makes it it just makes it look better because they, you know, they they traded um, a fifth and. Was it? What was the deal that they got for him? They traded a, a fifth. They, oh, they traded they, a fifth for him and a seventh, right? Right. They traded for him for a fifth and a seventh. And they then they send him away for a sixth. They send him and a seventh for a sixth, but then if they get the seventh back, it's just it's becomes basically they got eight games of a of a reliable starter who played above who played above his weight for a little bit and then played at his weight for a bit and basically comes out as a wash. Like you end up, you end up you losing a round for getting half a season of a starting quarterback. That's, that's good. Like honestly,
0: you can't complain about that. No, no. And it ended up being, you know, enough for them. And, and we'll see how it works out for Minnesota and reality being, you know, I think. Him being just able to go out and play football was probably the best thing that happened to him this week because he's he seems to have been better, which sounds counterintuitive, but the less he was, the less he was in the system, the better he seemed to be. Right, <laughs> right.
1: Like, and for a guy as brilliant as the, he's an astrophysicist. This is stupid, like the past or not, and all that. The kid, the kid is is a brilliant, intelligent man. Um, but he plays like he's a better quarterback when he's playing off, like playing, you know, improvised quarterback play. Right. Like Kyler, his rookie year, like what he was, what he did in that game was like Kyler rookie year type things.
0: Yeah. And so you're just going to have to get him and see how he does the rest of the way but you know he got the falcon or sorry the the vikings into the playoff mix and so that's going to be uh you know he's until that until now since you know if the season was to end today they'd be in the playoffs you know like you said he's kind of a folk hero
1: oh thank goodness and on the flip side is clayton Tune. oh goodness i mean the only the only thing that you can say was a positive, was his poise. Like, he was completely overmatched. He, like, uh, whether it was the injuries, the fact that the running game was absolutely just, God, just dog crap bad. But he was 11 for 20 passing. So he had 20 passing attempts for 58 yards. They had 17 net passing yards. Seventeen. 17 net passing yards because he was sacked 7 times for 48 yards. He was picked off twice. He he lost a fumble. So he turned the ball over three times. 58 yards passing but but only 17 net yards. He did show he, he did show his athleticism in being able to move and a you know, rush for 50, for 28 yards um which was 15 yards more than the rest of the Running backs. <laughs> uh, that's another. That's another thing to talk about. But this was one of the all-time worst starting performances we've seen from a quarterback. It wasn't it.
0: Yeah, it really was. And and you just look at it, and it was just a, you know, a cluster. You know what? And and there was just nothing that they could do. Um, correctly on offense and and again we go back to honestly the defense wasn't that bad it just it really wasn't um but you're not going to counter you're just not going to counter uh some of the situations that occurred and so that's what that's what's got to happen um you know and i think there were obviously issues that they had they they didn't get enough pressure on Deshaun Watson at times um they they allowed Amari Cooper who's a phenomenal receiver we you and I talked about him a lot last week and and said like he's a guy that's super underrated in this league and and he he can beat you and he did um I thought you know they did a nice job against the run um and so when you look at it from that perspective there were some positive things but the reality was this was just such a lopsided matchup and it, it all comes back to the offense and their inability to do anything and when you don't have to respect the pass at all um it makes running the ball incredibly hard and, and when you're without your best runners as well it makes you know it nearly impossible
1: yeah and so what what do we take away from this what what after one clayton tune start what is the opinion of him
0: I don't think there should be any opinion. I think Jess had been preaching correctly all year that like it, <laughs> it can always get worse, and you know you would think as Cardinals fans they would be all too familiar with that, right? That sentiment. It, it can always get worse.
1: It can in terms of and and after the performance, I I kind of put together a collection of some of the all-time like either rookie like first start type performances we've had uh Ryan Lindley he came in when when John Skelton got benched in 2012 um he you know he got benched it was against the Falcons if, y- if y'all recall because he missed a wide open receiver in the end zone Wins and Hunt had enough um Ryan Lindley came in completed 9 of 20 passes but then his first start the next week I think was against the Lions um they won that game I believe um that was their one their one win uh, after their five and zero start, their four and zero start, and he piled up the yards. He had three hundred yard, he had three hundred twelve yards passing, but he was picked off four times. That's a bad, and so that was a mixed bag. But we've also seen other quarterbacks, and I, I think we have to go all the way to like oh three oh four, John Navar. uh Denny Green decided to start him, and it was he was kind of throwing crap at the wall. Uh, to see if it would stick, and because I remember, like, oh, he, he he's gonna be good because he came from a big program. <laughs> it's in 2004. Uh, he, he was a, a seventh round pick out of Michigan, big. Like honestly, he, he was like that big pocket passer, and his, he was given a start, and it was it was bad. It wasn't as bad as Clayton Tune, but it felt that bad in a in a 26 to 12 loss to the Lions. He had 168 yards. A touchdown and four interceptions. If you go back to like Jake Plummer's first NFL start after he had the they came in in relief wasn't good. And if you go all the way all the way back to uh, Tim Rosenbach's start, he got hurt in his first one. He completed he like was two of eight passing, got sacked a couple times, and got hurt. Then he came back the next year and was the start of the entire year. And I believe he threw four interceptions in. Let me pull it up. I guess I wrote this. Tim Rose, bah, and then in his in his first like start start. So yeah, he he had four picks in his season opener against Washington in 1990, and then you've got Tom Tupa, uh, the, the 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 later Pro Bowl punter. Um, and, and one of my favorite, like one of my irrationally favorite players, like I'm a Tom Tupa stay. And I, I remember that in little known history is that in trivia that Tom Tupa was the first to score a two point conversion in the mod. Like when it came back in the mid nineties, he was the first to score it. It was off a busted extra point. <laughs> he was the holder <laughs> anyway, but you know, Tom Tupa, he in his first start uh, in I think it was 1989. It was against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Buddy Ryan led Philadelphia Eagles at the time. Sacked six times, picked off six times, and and even then, like the what what Clayton Toon did, what Clayton Toon did was so so bad. And I know you want don't want to read too much into it, but have we ever like, let me put it? Have we ever seen a quarterback? who's been anything in the NFL have a start as bad as that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we have um you know there's a there's been some historically bad NFL starts, but I just don't know if we've seen and it's harder it's harder um To judge based on the fact that he's a rookie, right? Yeah, that's like like it's rookie, and he was playing.
1: I mean, the context matters, but even still, just so so bad. Um, he didn't have the same like lost look. It's just he he could literally do nothing. Like there was no one to throw the ball to. There was no one open. He was getting absolutely he has pressured constantly. The run game was non-existent, and you know. And then when he had the chance to throw the ball, he was he had errant throws. One of his picks, one of his interceptions, was just an an absolute atrociously overthrown ball to to a, an otherwise open Hollywood Brown.
0: Yeah, and that was you know, that was just such a bad throw. I mean, you look at it. You have the Ty Detmer start. In 2001, where he had seven interceptions in a game.
1: And Ty Detmer, honestly, Ty Detmer wasn't
0: anything in the NFL. And he was, and that was, I think he was a veteran at that point, because that was in 2001. So I'm assuming he had been in the league for a while. Yeah, because he was drafted in 92, so... Yeah, Heisman winner! (laughs) uh, You know, obviously, Ryan Leaf had some bad games in the NFL. Um he, he had one where I'm double checking the staff. I mean, like you said, it's just it was just such a a bad performance that it's hard to to th- remember any other time that you <laughs> saw anything yeah, like that. And, I mean,
1: and 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 it's really kind of sad that like we, we we kind of said Josh Dobbs had earned legacy. Backup mode. Now he's not even on the team. But when you have your rookie that you hope can, you know, baby, maybe be back. That sort of performance, you're like, oh, I don't. I please.
0: <laughs> by by the way, the Ryan Leaf performance was worse. It was one for fifteen oh, wow. for four four yards and two interceptions. Oh my
1: goodness! All right. The only reason
0: it. the game, the only reason they had any yardage is because uh their running back ran for 156 165 <laughs> yards rushing yeah so that I mean let's be honest that was kind of I mean I know it's never going to happen but that was kind of what they needed right but but like you said in the modern NFL it's really hard to find worse performances
1: no and you know hopefully never plays again the rest of the year because that we got that to talk about. So, coming up next on the Rise of c podcast, best serve Cardinals talk on the web. Let's talk. There's there's plenty more to pick apart on that game. Let's talk about more of the bad in the loss to the Cleveland Browns. That's coming up next on Rise of Sea red We're back on the Rise of Sea red podcast, best serve Cardinals talk on the web. Yeah, we talked Clayton in tune was bad. There was so much bad to go around. And I think you, you just, like and and I don't want it because we're going to talk about any any good in a section. so we're gonna have to leave like the defense even though it wasn't great. it wasn't bad. but the, everything about the, the offense was just atrocious. you have to you, you have to stare down those running backs. Keontae Ingram and Tony Jones and 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 Rondell Moore. We knew that Clayton Tune needed a run game and we worried about the run game. Because James Conner, he's, he's awesome. And Mario DiMarcado, reliable. He was not flashy, but he was reliable and got positive yards. The three guys that played running back, you know, Ingram, Tony Jones. And mind you, we could have, I guess we probably should have, you know, predicted. Because I did put out a tweet there. Um, I think it was on Saturday. How the Cardinals are going into the game with their top two running backs in, in Keonta Ingram and Tony Jones, who both had a career sub-three yard per carry average. That was not improved upon. 16 carries for 13 yards. Um, that was as bad a game that we could see. And, and honestly, we can also, that the you know, Keonta Ingram had 8 yards rushing, but you know what his longest run was? 11 yards. He had 11 yards on one carry and minus 3 yards on his other 8 carries. Ingram's been bad this year.
0: Yeah, he just, he's not a a guy that you can trust. I think he's a guy that at this point you're probably looking to move on from. You'd probably move on from him this year if you could. But you, just don't have, <laughs> right. you just don't have any depth.
1: Right, right. And Tony Jones was no better. You know, three carries for two yards. I mean, he had one carry for four and then had two carries for minus two after that. So it was in Rondell Moore, four carries for three yards. So he had one carry that was for four yards and three carries that netted minus one. It was, I mean... Cleveland's defense came to play, but there is, and then you look at the offensive line, like the offensive line, which we felt has been a strength this season. But you, you you can't. There's nothing you can say when it's when there are 13 rushing, like 13 rushing yards that are designed runs, and your quarterback is sacked seven times. DJ Humphreys looked didn't look good. Harris Johnson had his troubles.
0: I mean, to be fair, Miles Garrett's a freak. He is. But he is. yes, DJ, that was probably his worst game in a while.
1: You know, Davlin Tomlinson ended with two and a half sacks. He Yeah,
0: yeah so maybe maybe Elijah Wilkinson wasn't that bad, right?
1: <laughs> right. Right. And we saw Dennis Daly just get, get taken to the woodshed a couple of times in that game. But seven sacks, it's just so many sacks. So many and so seven sacks and ten quarterback hits. Um yeah, it was just it was a beatdown. It was an absolute beat down. So Darius, Smith had had two quarterback hits and a sack. Um Miles Garrett had a sack and another forced fumble. Um no, I guess it, that was uh Jordan Elliott or, or the kid Ford that had the force fumble. Nope, of course the force. Where is the forced fumble? Oh, that was Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris had the force fumble. Everyone was having a career game. Everyone was having a career game on that on that defense. And the the passing game there was nothing. Hollywood had no chance. Um, no Michael Wilson. Hey, you know, no Michael Wilson, I'm sure, was part of the problem with the run game. Um, But you, you can't really, like, that's the one thing, is that the one thing you can't say was a glaring negative. Like I wrote about this, it was all duds, no studs in this game. Like I do, you know, positive and nigger, winners, losers, studs, dunce. Uh, every, But I couldn't say that the receivers were duds because they had absolutely no chance of, of, of succeeding so what was Hollywood whether it was Rondell and, and and in fairness the officials like did you see did you see what Holly Hollywood was called for offensive pass interference did you see yeah the replay? That,
0: that- yeah I tweeted about that oh and I said gosh. I promise the Cardinals aren't going to compete like we don't have to make up things like <laughs> <laughs> the, the, if you look at the clip it was
1: Denzel Ward Denzel Ward interfered with his teammate. Hollywood made no contact. He, he ran a good route, and then Denzel Ward ran into Cameron Mitchell. And that's what yeah. they got flagged for and took off that. Now, granted, you know, getting a 26-yard pass play to Rondell Moore, uh, a first down, maybe that sparks a little something. Clean 2 gets a little rhythm, but, yeah, you know, they were just, that, that, was, that was an atrocious call. And, you know, the one thing we know that is that it, the, the league will go back to the Cardinals and say, yeah, that that was missed. But the Cardinals can't comment on it. That's one of the things they're not allowed to do. NFL right. teams, when the league goes to the teams and say, that one was effed up, they are prohibited right. from talking about it to the media, to to publicly.
0: Yeah, and it was just, I mean, there were a couple plays where you're just like, guys, what are we doing here? Um, there's no There's no need for it.
1: And I think defensively, the one thing that you you can say was a negative is that they just they had no, they had no real pressure. They did get the one sack and had five hits, but I mean overall, Sean Watson was able to and and Deshaun Watson, in in fairness, didn't look great. He didn't look great as a quarterback, but the Cardinals did not do much to. They didn't really do anything to make his life difficult.
0: No, not at all. And that's, you know, we talked about that. That's they're going to have to do that if they want to compete. And, you know, just at times they're just not able to. And and we know that it's a lack of talent. And so it's frustrating because we know what it is, but there's no way to fix it at this point.
1: <laughs> coming up next on the rest of C Podcast, Mr. R. Cardinal's talk on the web. Move on and talk about any positives. Were there any good things? That's coming up next on Rise of C Back on the Rise of Secret Podcast, best our Cardinals talk on the web. Seth, was there anything redeemable? I I think we could look at the defense as a net positive, perhaps. I mean, it's still twenty seven points, but they, you know, third down wasn't bad. Six of seventeen, um, they only gave up three hundred twenty six total yards, and while while they did gain. Uh, 114 on the ground, 113 on the ground. They the the Cardinals allowed less than three yards per attempt, um, and 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 if you take if you take Deshaun Watson's 22 yards on three carries away, that average goes down to about two and a half. And so the the run defense did its job. Um, uh you know Amari Cooper had the one the, the one touchdown which is an absolute fluke but then there was yeah. a, there there was a play where you know Cooper's got two guys covering him Deshaun Watson throws a perfect pass and there's that big play but if if we look at individuals I think we we look at I think you look at Dante Stills and you're like hey this guy's something
0: Yeah I think so Stills look good uh you know I thought Again, Garrett Williams looked good. He's he you know he's offering a lot in the run game. I thought I thought Zaven actually played a nice game. He didn't get home, but he he was able to get some pressures a little bit. He's starting to come into his own and I mean between you and me, don't tell anybody, but I thought Marco Wilson actually didn't play poorly, which is you know, a nice thing to honestly- see.
1: We haven't we haven't been able to say Marcos played badly since the Cincinnati game, have we?
0: Yeah, and so it's just been you know, it's been good to see that there's some some positives coming from this. I think you can just see how much better this defense is with Buddha Baker and Jalen Thompson, and and I know that Thompson has been around, but he plays off Buddha so well. Um, that it's just, you know, it's just cool to see those guys on the field together because while I still think that building your defense with high paying safeties is probably not the best thing to do, um, we can see that it does make a one hundred percent difference for this team.
1: It it absolutely does. And and so and it's been interesting this year because there's there's been games when the offense carried the defense and the defense has carried the offense we can look at and, and and honestly in hindsight their performance against the ravens despite the score despite the score look at what the ravens have done in the two games sandwiching the cardinals games where they rolled up over 500 yards in both games and looked absolutely unstoppable that ravens team didn't look unstoppable against the cardinals they just had they just had short fields the fact that the cardinals held that defense held the Ravens to under 300 yards when they absolutely just absolutely smoked Detroit and Seattle in their other two games you you start to feel something and and I and I honestly I do feel that I haven't felt the same way about this defense as I did in week one where they just the intensity and the flying to the ball I think they've lost a little of that because of of you know, some of the attrition to injuries, just the losing ways on them. So I don't see the same defensive intensity, but I do still see the defensive discipline. And, and, and you can see schematically that it's, it's sound. It's a sound defense that just doesn't quite have the... They don't have the horses yet. And they're not – they don't have enough talent on either side of the ball to to make up for their their lack of talent.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's just – it's unfortunate because – and I read this today. I don't know if you saw this um, little tweet, but it was defense – let me see if I can find it. Defensive – spending um and and defensive output and the defense is like the highest defensive spending with great defensive output is the uh the browns so it's not like they played a bad defense you know going back to and looking at at the at the offensive performance but and then you have the least the least are invested in defense and playing well is is the Ravens, which is crazy to think about. But then the Cardinals are in that, you know, lower invested and not playing well section, but they're higher up than you would expect. And a lot of that is just, you know, they, I, I really do think there's something with, with Rallis and, and Gannon's defensive scheme. And it just gets to the point where talent just it's just not there, like you said and and it just you know how talent wins out in this case, talent loses out right
1: yeah and I'll really you know where you notice it is on if they had one impact corner and the guys aren't there yet, and one impact defensive lineman, I think, or like they're they're like an above average player. At each level, like two guys on the on the on the front and one in the de- back end, then they've got, and you've got a very formidable defense because if you get those guys having Kaiser White's fine, um, but if you get a bigger time pass rusher to where Zaven Collins is your complementary guy, or you have your. You know if if Collier had been healthy all year and he get he's above average and then you have lead better and still is being complementary guys like if you add a a higher tier talent to those groups you feel so much better about this unit
0: yeah I think so I would agree with that
1: so any you look at you literally can't do anything um,
0: positive on the offensive side of the ball no uh, this is the first time I can remember a game where I don't know if there's Anything we can say positive about the
1: offense? <laughs> I mean, Trey McBride had a nice 12-yard play in the first quarter. possession. Yeah, yeah. That's that's about it. That's about it. I mean, it. because
0: like you said, there were plays. The biggest, the biggest, like thing that you saw—not to get negative again—but the biggest thing you saw in this game was that there were plays to be had that tuned didn't hit, and not like. Oh that's a big league NFL quarterback throw play like they were easy throws that he just didn't hit and you're like all right what are what are we doing here like <laughs> I saw you do this and I get it it's preseason they're playing against guys that are you know running workout clinics or selling insurance or doing different things but like man just how poorly they played and then the other thing is I think probably the worst thing is what about the injuries? Like what's gonna go on with Will Hernandez and DJ Humphreys? Oh, because yes, that, that's the yeah.
1: one thing that you'll worry about moving forward. Their their offensive line depth has just dwindled. Yep. And they and they claimed a guy. He's not playing. <laughs> uh, Doug Kramer and I think they like he becomes their maybe their backup center and then the, you prepare Ismail to, Keith Ismail to play place or start at guard, or maybe you, you go with Carter O'Donnell, who was active for the first time and got to do that. But, yeah, so much, so much growth. So let, let's talk about one other thing in this edition of the show. Uh, coming up next on the Rise of Sea podcast, Mr. Carmel's talk on the web, it's Kyler Murray time. What is reasonable to expect from him? That's coming next on Rise of Sea we're back on the Rise of Sierra podcast. best our Cardinals talk of the week. It is official. Kyler Murray was activated from PUP. He is now on the active roster. He will start this week. Uh, he's going to get all the first team reps in practice. It is official. Um, what should we expect from Kyler in a new offense, albeit an offense that I think is a really good fit for him? But what can what what how? And maybe it's just like, how much of a difference is it going to make? Because for the last four or five weeks, the quarterback play has just been bad. I think think we're going to even look at, like, okay quarterback play and be like, wow, this is amazing.
0: Yeah, and it really has been bad. And so we'll have to see. You know, like I said la- last year, or I think I might have even said it this year, is like, you look at what, how poorly, and I use that word lightly, but like how poorly we all assume Kyler played. And then you look at it in the scope of like cardinal history. And, you know, I wrote about it today. Like it, it's crazy to me to think that a guy. That last year had a what we all would agree is a down year. Sixty-six percent completion percentage, just under twenty-four hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns, seven interceptions in eleven games. That doesn't <laughs> that was include that was not good. It doesn't include any of his, you know, rushing statistics, and you know, three and eight.
1: And, but without him one and 12, one and 12 and just
0: 62% completion percentage, 3,200 yards, 12 touchdowns and 17 (laughs) interceptions in 15 games. So, I mean, less interceptions, they had more yards in, in four more games, but I mean, it's just less touchdowns, 10 more interceptions, like, even a bad kyler murray is better than what and and again bad relative to what the expectation level has been from him it's just so much superior to anything else that we've seen and i just can't imagine i mean it probably won't be pretty you know it probably won't be a 350 yard or 400 total yards from scrimmage type game because it's his first game back in in eleven months, but but even you know,
1: two hundred passing yards would
0: seems be like fun, a lot. Right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> two hundred passing yards and two touchdowns. Hey, yes, please. And, which makes that and and and, and you now Seth won't be for this show. Blake and Blake Murphy and I are, are going to record later this week our our preview show. Um, but this is a good week for him to come back. But can't. They, the way they have this set up, he's got four games, the bye, and then four games. I think it's a really smart way to handle that. Um, he, he's able to get he's he will have had four weeks of practice in the offense, basically giving him a full training camp and then you know, he got three weeks of just general practice reps in the offense and this week he's gonna do all the game planning. How close to, how close do you think to what we've seen from Kyler are we going to see? How mobile do you think he will be? What do, do you think how much will he be asked to be limited or will he limit himself in terms of moving around, especially since what we've seen in the offense, which has actively used the mobility of the quarterbacks?
0: Yeah. And I think that is going to be something that we'll see how it plays out because, you know, and again, I tore my ACL literally, uh, 22 years ago, 21 years ago, 21 years ago. Um, so it was a lot, a lot different in terms of, and my, mine was actually worse. I I tore uh, three things in my knee. Uh, and so, it was just one of those situations that the rehab the, the all of that was a lot different for me but i remember the biggest hurdle was all mental like can i can i trust it and it just is something that he's going to have to be able to do and and you know and i wonder the,
1: i wonder if that was one of the reasons why they gave him as many
0: practice reps as he did so that he can, to see if he could move like that without. Yes, feeling... so that
1: they now granted it is a completely different animal in practice because you know what nobody's allowed to do. No one's allowed to touch the quarterback. But if if he's willing to get out and run in practice, I think we'll be able to see that. I I, I imagine like, do you think we will see him even run as much as Dobbs did?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. I just think that the runs are going to be more Dobbs like in the sense that they're going to be uh simple, like quarterback reads where he gets outside and not the interior runs where he's cutting everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. D- it, it I, one thing,
1: I wonder if like the tush push play, I, I wonder if that will even be in the playbook right now with Kyler.
0: Yeah, and you have to wonder if it's something that they can do with him. I mean, with his stature, we've seen that it doesn't work all that well outside of Philadelphia. I right. mean, it's just it, like outside of Philadelphia, and
1: I mean, it does help the center. Of it the does, map. like Jason Kelsey.
0: Well, that <laughs> and and the fact that Jalen Hurts squats six hundred pounds. Yes, and he he's like, such
1: a strong, strong, strong quarterback.
0: Yeah, and so we'll just see how it all works out. But I think the expectation is that he's superior to what we've seen from Josh Dobbs, and clearly superior to what we saw from Clayton Tune. And and I think that's the only thing you can ask for early in this return. And
1: uh, you know, we'll probably see a few a few mistakes. Uh, he might miss a few reads early on, but I think it's reasonable to think that he we can get at worst, average quarterback play, and by, by the end of the year have seen flashes of greatness again. And I, I think that's a fair thing to expect, that as we get closer to the end of the year, we will, uh, assuming that he didn't, like, he's not a washed-up version of Kyler Murray, like he's going to be Kyler again, that we will have seen flashes of that greatness again. Um, that we have seen, and just the fact that, and I'm beginning to more, like, and I, I am not an anti-Cliff guy. Uh, I thought he but I think I think his offense needed just a little bit more and Jody Ayler t- t- talked about this on Twitter some time ago, and I completely agree I think we can look at the last five years and say for all the all the flaws that Kyler might have compared to his ceiling that Every ounce of success that the Cardinals had is because of Kyler Murray, and as opposed to their lack of success being because of Kyler Murray. I think we can look at everything that's happened since 2018, and it's like, and basically, any good thing Kyler brought that good thing, and I think that's basically it. Like, every success that they've had is because Kyler has done it, and it wasn't the people around, it wasn't the organization around him that put him in that position. Yes, they they tried to do that, but it was him more than anything leading the team to that sort of success.
0: Yeah, and you know, like like we said, like it's still not what you would hope, right? Like three and eight last year, um, I think twenty five and thirty six in his career. But when you look at a lot of it, and you see how far down they are from a. 25 and 31, excuse me, in his career. And you see how far down they are from a talent perspective, especially now. It's like, holy crap. Like he, he, he was kind of dragging this team to, <laughs> to where they were.
1: Yes. That's exactly it. Like you look at that Raiders game or they looks and then he's like, let's do, let's make plays. Like, like I've got, yes. And, and I think I, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I think it'll there. There will be a few times where we're going to be like, "Oh, he's not quite there yet," but at his age, the type of player he is, ACL surgeries, as we learn, you you had the numbers, is that quarterbacks usually, on average, return to at least as good and often better than the, the what they were, because in part, the time at the position tends to mature you and you become a better quarterback that way. So if that's the case, um, and the fact that he's been getting coached hard, I, I'm I am very excited to see him on the field in live action because, you know, Jonathan Gannon talked about it and we, we heard it again this week, you know, straight talk and hard coaching. He responds to that. That that was the thing that, that Cliff never gave him. Because Cliff, as good as a coach I believe he is for players isn't one to coach hard. And if there's one thing that Kyler Murray needs, he needs someone to challenge him at every phase. So and we need you this is what we expect that you do this and he will rise to the occasion. And so I can't wait to see this. Uh, not not only this but to get glimpses. If if we get at least glimpses this year and not even just like barely glimpses but there's there's stretches and games where he looks like a superstar again.
0: Oh, that'll have to be so excited for next year. Yeah, and that's what we have to look forward to because, you know, you look at it, and, and I think you and I can kind of make a judgment, maybe not after this week, but maybe after next week of, like, what the expectation level is for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, if they win, we're going to, probably oversell ourselves like we usually do and be like oh maybe they can win four more games and finish six and eleven and and then they'll win two and we'll be like oh okay, we're <laughs> again. but but i think you know over the next two weeks we'll be able to say okay these should be the expectations or i mean and you and i are fairly realistic about things i feel like um we'll be able to go hey it's time to start ta- having the discussion about caleb williams drake may you know is that is that what should happen i think i think and i know two games isn't a lot but like if he just looks like he's lost his fastball and and i'm not talking from an arm standpoint i'm just talking from a talent standpoint but if he looks like he's lost his fastball then yeah that's a conversation we have to have right like but if he's i I think kyle odegaard said it the best The best thing that could happen to this team is that they're losing games, you know, 42 to 35. Yeah. And, and end up with the first, end up with the first pick. And you're like, we have no doubt that Kyler's the dude, but guess what we're going to be able to do now. We're going to be able to build around him. And, and we have that first pick that we're going to get a King's ransom for, (laughs) um, from the giants or the the patriots or you know so so it'll be fun man it'll be fun because at least there's something to look forward to right
1: yeah and that that's yeah but what we saw on sunday was was sadness and and misery and just why are we watching this and i and i and i hope you Cardinals fans as much as i w- always want you to listen to all of our show i completely understand if you turned that game off because that was that was unwatchable
0: I watched all of
1: it. I did tried. I did too, but but again, that's our job. <laughs> as much as we like watching the Cardinals, um, we probably would not have done that if we weren't getting paid to do it. Exactly <laughs> <laughs> and with that we'll rise we'll wrap up this edition of the rise of sea Red podcast Mr. Cardinal stock and Web. its episode 483 uh, Seth will not be here Seth has other obligations so on Thursday night in ep- in our on our picks our our preview picks and prop bets show uh, it will be me with um, Revenge of the Birds the the, the Redbird reboot podcast Blake Murphy will join me then that's Seth Cox. I'm Jess Ruth thanks for listening as always we'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, Boom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise Up Red Sea, Be Red Sea Red, and of course, Rise Up Sea Red.